Welcome to the Overflow Podcast. We pray you are encouraged by this message. For more info, notes, or other messages, visit our website at overflowdfw.com. We've been doing a series called Thieves and Robbers, and I really felt like we needed to take a break from that. And I, and I really felt like the Lord put the idea of being anchored on my heart, that we need to be a people that are anchored during the storm, that this is a difficult season for all of us. All of our schedules are changed. People are losing jobs left and right. We, we live in the midst of the greatest uncertainty that most of us have ever known. And so one of the things that's critical for us is that we are well anchored, that our lives are established, that we're in a good place. So I want to talk, talk for just a moment about the meaning of an anchor. I want you to imagine with me that you are on a deep sea fishing trip. You're with some friends. Uh, you're out maybe with your family. You're out deep at sea. And then out in the middle of nowhere, a storm appears. You see the clouds roll in. And our tendency when we would see that would be to cut and run, right? To pull in all of our lines and head back to shore. But the storm is quickly approaching. And experts would tell you the best thing for you to do when a storm is approaching is for you to drop your anchor and anchor really, really deep. But our tendency oftentimes is if we are anchored is to either cut that anchor and run or that we would pull the anchor and run and head back. And so really what we need to do in that moment is we need to anchor Deep, because the anchor serves as a break, if you will, for a ship. It, it means it's, it's a route for the ship to stay established where it needs to be. That way, when the storm passes, you're in the same place that you were before the storm came. And beloved, I want to encourage you today to anchor deep. How you come out on the other side of this or any other storm that you're facing in your life, the way that you come out of this is contingent upon how well you are anchored. So we're going to spend this time for the time being talking about being anchored, well anchored. And today I want to talk about four anchors. In Acts chapter 27, there's a story about the apostle Paul and Paul has been arrested and Paul is um, being transported to Rome and he's on a ship, and he's going, and he's actually become, it's interesting that he's kind of serving the captains of the ship. He's serving the crews. He's there available. He's hearing from the Lord. He's getting wisdom. He's getting all these downloads, and he's sharing it with these guys on how to navigate their ship. It's interesting. He's putting himself in prison, and so here's Paul, and he's, and he's traveling with, as, as, a, as a prisoner, and there's a storm that rolls in. This is Acts chapter 27. The storm actually has a name called the Northeastern or the Northeaster. And then what happens is this storm that, that is much like a hurricane is so violent that they're actually throwing ropes around the ship and tying these ropes just to hold the ship together. It's intense. And so there's panic. They're throwing things overboard. And Paul is hearing from the Lord the entire time. And it says this in Acts chapter 27. It says at midnight. Oh, it's at midnight. And sometimes it's, you know, it's not when we expect it. Sometimes it's right at midnight, in the midnight hour. And here they are. And it says this in verse 28, Acts chapter 27, verse 28. They dropped a weighted line and waited, waited for the water that was 120 feet deep. But a little later, they measured again and found it only to be 90 feet deep. At this rate, they were afraid they will soon be driven against the rocks along the shore. So they threw out four anchors. Say that with me. Four anchors. 
Yeah, say that. Four anchors. Four anchors. So they dropped out four anchors from the back of the ship, and they prayed for daylight. Then the sailors tried to abandon the ship, and they lowered the lifeboats as though they were going to put, uh, as they were going to put out the anchors from the front of the ship. And then Paul said to the commanding officer and the soldiers, you will all die unless the sailors stay aboard. Again, he's hearing from the Lord. So the sailors cut the ropes to the lifeboats and let them drift away. I love this because they got rid of all of the options except for these four anchors. And then Paul tells them this. You've been worried, so worried, that you haven't touched food for two weeks. He said, please eat something now for your own good. For not a hair on your heads will perish. Then he took some bread, gave thanks to God before them all, and broke off a piece and ate it. So here's Paul in the midst of this story, hearing wisdom from God as they're, as they're being shipwrecked, as the ship is falling apart. They're all worried about their lives. And the wisdom that they had in this moment was to lay these four anchors. I love Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 speaks of anchors. It's actually speaking of God's promise to Abraham. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us, we may be greatly encouraged. Greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever. So here's Jesus before the throne of God. And, and we're told here in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews tells us that we can have great hope because we're anchored where Jesus is. We are anchored in the presence of Jesus. Beloved, our hope is rooted in Jesus because Jesus is our everlasting hope. And if we are anchored in Jesus, we are secured. If we are anchored in Jesus, we are secure. And we have a lot of questions in the midst of uncertainty of the moment, of whatever you're going through now, whatever you were going through two weeks ago, or whatever you're going to go through in 10 years from now. The reality is this, is that we must be well anchored. The anchor doesn't change. The anchor is Jesus. So the greatest question that we can ask is not how long this is going to last. The greatest question is, hey, is there a cure? Is there a solution for the problem? The greatest question we can ask in every hour of our life is, who are you, Jesus? See, it's the same question the Apostle Paul has whenever he meets the Lord. If you know the story, Paul is traveling to Damascus to persecute Christians. And on his way, he sees this blinding light. And the first words that come out of his mouth are, who are you, Lord? It's the greatest statement. It's the greatest statement of hope. Who are you, Lord? It's, it's the answer that Peter had in, in Matthew chapter 16 when Jesus asked the greatest question that has ever been asked. Who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, it's Christ Son of the living God. The answer is always Jesus. All the answer to all of our questions can be found in the Son of God, the living Christ. Who do you say I am? The answer is found in his reality. So I want to talk about four points in the reality of Jesus. In the reality of Jesus, four anchor points. Who is the Lord? 
Number one, the first anchor point is this. It's that he is present. That Jesus is here. It's, it's the greatest revelation that Jesus gives us is when Jesus shows up on the earth and he says, I'm here. I'm Emmanuel. I am God with you. I am here. See, we, we, have, we have this great hope not just in a historic person, but in a person that is present. We have this great hope in someone who is here. We have the hope of the person and the presence of Jesus. And I love it that I have a relationship with God that no matter what I am going through, that I can press in to the Lord and I can say, Lord, who are you? And he will reveal himself. He just reveals himself. He is present. He is here. Matthew 28, 20. I am with you always, even until the end of the age. He will be with us forever. We will be with him forever. This thing is forever. We will always be with him. He is with us always. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge. God is our strength. And I love this statement. An ever-present help in trouble. He is ever-present. Many in this moment, in this historical moment, many people are saying, where is God? And I believe that God is saying, I am here. Will you tune in to me? Will you tune in to the presence of Jesus? Number one, he is present. Number two, he is protector. Psalm 91. This is the probably the most broadcasted chapter in all the Bible right now in this moment. And I love verse 9. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. And, beloved, I would encourage you to declare that. I encourage you to, to memorize, pray this verse. No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Verse 14, the Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. They will call on me and I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. The Lord is our protector. He is our defender. We run to him because he's more capable of defending us than than any government than anything that you've done to secure your home, the Lord is the greatest protection. He is strong. He is able to protect us. And he, and he commands his angels. I love that. He commands his angels to look over us. So he's present. He's protector. Number three, he's provider. I know many people have lost their jobs. Many people are worried about the stock market. But, beloved, he is still What Abraham said about him in Genesis chapter 22, he is still Jehovah Jireh. He is still our provider. And I love Philippians chapter 4. The whole chapter is incredible because there's a a line in there in verse 6 where he says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything pray. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything pray in verse 6. But in verse 19, he says this, And my God will supply all your needs. My God will supply all your needs. Not according to your job, not according to the size of your paycheck, not according to to some kind of check that the government's going to send you. No, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. 
according to his riches, according to his glory. So our earthly need, because we belong to him, and because he's a good provider, our earthly need is provided by heaven's riches. And we can trust him to be faithful and to provide. So he is present, he is protector, he is provider, and number four, he is peace. He is shalom. John 14, 27, peace, Jesus says, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. It's not a worldly kind of peace. It's not a peace on earth, you know, everybody just kind of getting along. No, no, no. It's not that kind of peace. Listen, the kind of peace that doesn't let your heart be troubled or afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Because I am giving you a supernatural peace. A peace that will go on for the ages. He gave us the peace by giving us a piece of himself. See, that same spirit that Jesus operated in is now operating at us. It's the peace of the Holy Spirit. He gave us that peace, the peace of himself. And he, he doesn't just give us peace. He actually is peace. Jesus is peace. You get Jesus, you get peace. It's part of the package. It's part of the deal that God provided through Jesus. So maybe the missing piece in your life is the peace of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, for he himself is our peace. He himself is our peace. He is our peace. And maybe the peace that you're missing, maybe in this moment or maybe in your life up until this moment, maybe the peace that you've been missing is the peace of Jesus. And I would suggest this to you. In order to have peace, the peace of God, you must first have peace with God. And many people want the peace of God, but they're not at peace with God. And that's exactly what it's talking about. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, he is talking about the ministry of reconciliation where Jesus said, you know what? I want humanity so bad. I want humanity so bad. I will go and die for them to reconcile them. To give them a piece of myself so they can have peace with God. So in order to have the peace of God, you must be at peace with God. I don't know what you're dealing with today. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what's going on through your mind. If you're like me, it's been up and down. It's been a roller coaster throughout uh, every day. has felt like a week. But the thing that we can lean on is we can lean on the presence of Jesus. We can lean on the promises, these four anchors, the presence, the provision, the peace, the protecting of Jesus. We can trust in these anchors. We can anchor deep during this moment and have peace. With God.